hot this is pbf podcast number 90 this is romeo one oscar and joining me today is food goon actual many of you may follow if you don't you should and uh, he's also um, you've heard on previous episodes that i've been on with uh, project warpath he's uh, assisted tage on project warpath so he's driving right now and so we've got him on here, and Lucky should be joining later, at least I hope. Uh, he's in, uh, he was in a snowstorm up in Wisconsin, and he said it was taking him a bit more time to join us, so he'll join us when or if he does. Uh, but anyway, uh, Food Goon and I, we were, we were chit-chatting a bit uh, before we got started, and I was like, you know what, man, let's just get started here. And, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about the some of the craziness of the past year, uh, you know, uh, with the coronavirus that's uh, taken over everything in the universe and probably some of the implications as to why that is, you know, it's a, it's an excuse. And I know uh, we we won't try to overly dwell on this because, Hey, it's a new year's Eve and you know, we're not going to, we're not going to bum you out too much, but the reality is a harsh reality. And so uh, you were talking uh, about kind of some of the banking systems and some of the things that were going on, some of the, even the issues you've run into as well. Food yeah, game. for oh. sure. What up, fucks? Um, yeah, you got me? Yep, I got you. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, shit's getting wild. Shit's getting wilder. 2020, people are uh, happy to see it go out the window. But uh, I think there's some some uh, misguided optimism. No, I shouldn't say misguided optimism, but people are thinking like the worst is kind of behind us and we're over some kind of hump when this is just like the fucking groundwork that they've been laying, you know, or ramping it up. They've been laying groundwork for decades. But uh, yeah, that banking system ties into it. I mean, that's the... That's the fuel, man. That's the fuel that the economies run on, and it's manipulated. And if you got a manipulated fuel, you're never can get away from the clutches of these inbred globalist fucking shitbags. What I like to call them. <laughs> well, you know, you, you made a point there, and I think it's probably worth addressing. You know, I, I've seen today and like a couple days, everybody's like, "Yeah, goodbye to 2020. What an awful year!" And I'm like, "Well, what? Why do you makes you think that it's sort of this mythology that?" You know, I think it's what, the same reason, too, why people do their resolutions. Like, it's a new year, new me, you know, and a new year, new country. And with uh, senile Joe Biden yeah. leading us this year, <laughs> however long they allow him to last before they put uh, Officer Harris in charge. <laughs> Militarized. Yeah, people people have been talking about the whole uh, martial law shit. If that's going to happen, it'll probably be under old police officer Harris there. Yeah, man, I'm, uh, you know, I, 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 I uh, relocated a bit and I may relocate again. Um, 
I know for me, man, like I want to get around uh, a couple of my friends a little closer and stuff like that because I mean, it's, it's so unpredictable in a lot of ways. Like we know what they're driving towards, which is a lot more control, which is what they've done across the world, you know? Um, and there's, there's sometimes I look at that and I wonder like how really fragile the system is that they've got to push it so much, but the system is pretty damn fragile, you know, and you've spoken to that too oh, yeah. with the, with the banking system and the things that they've been doing. Yeah, it's super fragile. And, you know, it's kind of funny how people, because all this shit's written out. Like, the, the plan is not, it's not like some secret plan. I mean, there is an, there is legitimate conspiracy, and then people start throwing out all this conspiracy theory shit, which confuses it. But there's a legitimate plan, which has existed for a long time. That's Agenda 20, you know, and Agenda 2030. And then now you have, like, they, they, they swap the names like back when Bush senior was there is calling it the new world order. And then now you're calling it the fucking new normal. Right. And, and then you have like the, the, the world economic forums, uh, great reset. And that's, if you really look at what that is and what that says, if you go on the website, like their little splash page they have, which is like fucking three paragraphs, but they have a lot of information packed in there. Like who they're saying is benefiting from the great reset, which is global stakeholders. Right. And that like a stakeholder has a specific meaning behind that word. There's a reason they don't say like citizens or the people or whatever. And in order to basically usher in this fourth industrial revolution is what they're calling it. And, you know, I think the way technology evolves, that is um, inevitable if, if technology keeps going. But what they want to do is have centralized control of this fourth industrial revolution, which is really gearing up to be a decentralized thing. So you have like this decentralized um, Wild West from the government's perspective and from the banking perspective, they will literally lose all their control from. So they're not going to let that happen without a fight. And in order to usher in this great reset, this new normal shit, you have to have uh, a version of chaos, right? You can't have everyone being happy and normal and things just going good. And then like, Hey bro, we're going to like change the currency. We're going to increase surveillance like fucking crazy. And no, like no one's going to go for it. So now that they have this fucking Batman woo flu shit to throw at everyone and half the country's living in fear, um, yeah, the people are going to accept a lot of shit they're going to throw at us with open arms. They're going to fucking beg for it, whether it's these tra tracking things through fucking phones for health or central bank digital currencies, which will be controlled by the same fuckheads who control fiat, just digital fiat, and um, or any other bullshit they throw at us. Like, uh, whatever, it's going to get fucking wild. Well, the, the economic shit, that's the big one because they just – they're just fucking wiping out the middle class and small businesses. And then they're going to uh, incorporate some kind of economic enticement, you know, that's basically going to be socialism, you know, which we already have for big corporations, but it's just going to keep everyone in this fucking powerless state, essentially where you have to uh, abide by the state's rules to fucking travel across borders, do all this bullshit. Sounds like, like a couple of years ago, even people would have said it sounds fucking wild, but right now a lot more people are receptive to it. And again, the shit isn't like new. It didn't just happen yesterday. It's been in the fucking 
and works for a while. There's a reason all these tech companies are able to like gear up so quick because shit's been in the works, man. Well, I think that it's, it's the way it's, it is. Well, I think it's been in the works for quite some time because you've got the whole global interest of the banks themselves, the people who created the like the Federal Reserve, the central banks. These are all privately owned entities that we don't even know who owns them, although we can guess. <coughs> Rockefellers, <coughs> Rothschilds, <coughs> Ford. You know, I mean, it's it's obvious yeah. there's some very these are trillionaires and there's a reason why they're not listed on Forbes list. You know, the the billionaire list was always this kind of smoke and mirrors to give people the illusion uh, Forbes did of what was going on there. But these people back in the early 1900s got together and planned out how they were going to control the system. And they said that it was, you know, let's let, let, let's prevent the boom and bust. And we know how well that worked out in uh, the Great Depression or even in uh, the late you know, 2000s there with what happened as well. Because basically, these people do so much speculation and do so many stupid things that when they do create these centralized systems, they break things a lot. You know, I mean, it's just, it's fragility, dude. It's like uh, uh, Nicholas uh, Nassim Taleb, right? He talks about the fragility of these systems yeah. like that. And for whatever reason, again and again, these technocratic individuals will not face up to the fragility. I mean, just how the, the foundation of these things isn't there. So I think that's the thing that I'm really kind of curious about is, you know, for how long will whatever it is, this technocracy that they're working to throw in our faces, how long can it last? How long can it sustain? Uh, it can't last long at all. I mean, well, length of time, you know, is re relative, right? Who, who's counting? But it's not going to last very long because at the end of the day, people want to be free. No matter, you can put them under lock and chain and you can make them dumb as fuck by not educating, you know, prevent them from learning the ways that are keeping them enslaved by just not you know, omitting the information and not making it hard to access by like, burning books and censorship and all that shit. But at the end of the day, people want to be fucking free and, you know, feisty motherfuckers like us will be born like i was born into this world just kind of i never really went with the system you know so i mean i went through it but i never i never bought it and uh and i just we have natural fucking rebellious tendencies like real punk rock shit not like this fucking watered down <laughs> crap that that uh they they took over punk rock too they took over all the rebellion all the forms of rebellion and i it's um it's, it's really interesting. To, well, it's perfect subversion, it. you know what I mean? Because that kind of is the whole system they've been playing. And, you know, I've been big into reading things like Bernays and a lot of like early 1900s to mid 1900s, these things they did. And, you know, studying too as well, a lot of the stuff the CIA did because the CIA grabbed on to all of these things. And, you know, they've been a part of these systems just making sure that they grab a hold of it and they subvert it so that they control what the message is, which makes me wonder too, like we're talking about, you know, the destruction of the middle class, but this summer with the riots and everything that they allowed, these were billionaire oligarch funded rebellions that they had. And what did they do? They targeted small businesses. You know, it was it was completely yep. by model and by design the things that they did and are doing. I mean, not everything like yeah, like 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 the way I see it. You know, it's like a chessboard. You know what I mean? Like they have a goal for everything here, and they're moving the pieces and they're trying to get it there. But they, 
as they gather more control, they're taking more of our pieces off the board for now, and they're able to throw some queens into pawn or some pawns into queen, you know, and so they get more of that control. Yeah, they, I mean, they ha so what they're what they do is they just pump up the the systems like the they have a compartmentalization, right? That's how the agency works. That's how all fucking like secret scroll shit works. They compartmentalize shit. And so essentially you have that with these trillionaire fucking families, whatever. The numbers are ridiculous. doesn't matter. These families that control most of the world's resources, right? They, they move resources into other areas to destabilize, to gain control. It's like, um, I always say, you know, if you're a dictator or you want to be a dictator, you are better off being a dictator in a shithole like Yemen than a Western country because the Western country is more educated, more free. They have more happiness. They're harder to control. Like no one, people just give you the finger like, hey, man, do this. Like, fuck you. But if you can't eat and your family's, you know, life's in peril, essentially, you'll fucking do what the fucking authority says for the most part. Most people will. They'll still be the, the people who will say fuck you, but they're easier to single out and move off the table, move off the game board or even starve them out in certain ways because you can you have this economic power. And if they get to where they want to go, which is I mean, we're not that far away, like China's social credit score. And then you have central bank digital currencies tied in where they can just fucking shut you off, which they've already done to certain people anyway through the through the normal banking system. They just shut people's access off to to uh, to earn a living or to access their capital in the banking system. Um, you know, or people who are like a lot of like people on social media who make their money from that, they've just been schwacked off or, you know, digitally assassinated, essentially had their, uh, building set on fire digitally. And that's, I mean, it's all going to the same, the same purpose. I mean, I look at it the same, the same thing they've, they've done and are continuing to do to like small family farmers, which has been just wipe them out with, with big agriculture and gobble up all this land that can produce crops and and even mismanaging that like by attacking meat which is my big thing like it's oh, one of my big things is like to to attack like the most efficient source of food and then say oh it causes cancer and it's uh, <laughs> bad for the environment all this bullshit completely 100% bullshit none of the science supports any of it at all and yet they'll still make these fucking documentaries like game changers and they'll push shit out they'll do ad campaigns billboards fucking it's a fucking well-funded war machine you know i look at the industrialized war machine complex you know is beyond just like military shit the military industrialized stuff you have weaponized agriculture weaponized pharmaceuticals healthcare, weaponized education weaponized media where they're and they're just corrupting people's minds and confusing the population to such a degree that unless someone's like really on their game, like this shit just, it gets in there, man. Subversion is powerful. The, well, and the more modes of communication they have, the harder it is. Well, and I think too, man, to defend. you know, you, let, let's, let's pick a, a couple of these pieces out. So with the meat and everything like that, you make people dumber and fatter. You get them eating, a lot of the plant-based stuff with the lineolic acid versus, you know, the steric acid type stuff that you can get from the meat. And so you're weakening them that way because they're fat and their body cells are not functioning properly. And so 
that makes them easier to control in that way. And then you, you pile on top of that too. So those people you've already made weak and not, you know, that smart from the education system. Then you're going to throw at them because, you know, a lot of these people are either pre-diabetic or type 2 diabetic as well. And then you're going to throw at them this scare of this thing, which makes them there. They fit a pattern of someone who's more likely going to be either suffer more from this this virus or even die. And they're going to be more concerned. And so you've got just such a whole group of people. You know, I, I've talked to people, too. And I said, all right. 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, five years ago, at what point in our history would people have stood up in recent history and said, no, man, I'm, I'm not standing for this in the way that we're seeing people just willingly go along with it? Because I think social media plays a big part of it as well now, the control they have with that. I mean, what do you think? Do, do you think five years ago? I think five years ago, people would have. 10 years ago, I really questioned. 20 years ago, fuck no. People would not have put up with this. Um, you know, it's kind of difficult because when you really, I realistically look at it is that people in the West, all Westerners have, for the most part, as a majority, like majority of Westerners have been generationally institutionalized. And so what I mean by that is like most motherfuckers can't live without a grocery store. Most people can't live without the, the structures that, it, that exist in this fragile society. So but when it's at threat of breaking down, like their, that is like their source of food is fucking going away. Their source of dr clean drinking water is going away and they don't know how to fucking live. You know, they don't know how to hunt. Not a lot of people know how to hunt. And that's one of the reasons they attack that too, right? They attack all these forms of self-sufficiently. I know uh, self-sufficiency, but I know there was that article, I think it was a couple of years ago now, some fucking soy guzzling chode wrote about uh like the it was something about man like what what like the old ways of man essentially that are no longer needed in society and see <laughs> what there was in there like tying a tie and like being able to work on your car and you know being able to use a fucking gun um all these things that are really attacking sovereignty the the ability for an individual to literally survive in this world you know without any of the structure of technology technology can be nice and convenient and it makes our lives great and like i'm for it you know in some in 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 a lot of the ways but the society has to be to be like strong to be anti-fragile right it has to be full of people enough people who can survive or at least provide food for the communities and we're so out of fucking whack like you know a place like la where i'm driving through right now they can't good fucking luck feeding that community without these systems that are shipping and trucking and flying foods from all over the fucking world from these factory farms. And, uh, you know, you got the population screaming and shit about how they want to change whatever and good fucking luck because you, your entire livelihood and lives are dependent upon this system continuing to just fucking assume and basically destroy itself. So it's a uh, it's a tough it's a tough uh, pill to swallow for a lot of people, and most people refuse to swallow it, refuse to accept it. But it is the way it is, you know. It's uh, like the shit can't go on, and it's because it happens like generationally over time, like you know. And most people don't talk to their grandparents, say, "Hey, like 
grandpa, what was fucking life like? What was the ecosystem like? How was the the food? You know, how how was the nutrition and like all these things, these like nuanced conversations that don't happen from generation to generation. So the only keeper of the truth essentially is the state or the science and the real science wouldn't be a problem but we have this scientism religious fucking zealotry of <laughs> people who throw on the word science who don't know what the fuck science is <laughs> it's yeah it's ridiculous. like it's like hey neil dyson degrassi said it or uh bill nye the science guy it says science guy after yeah. it so he must know what he's talking about right and then to watch people to defend him well he went to cornell he's an engineer yeah how many how many yeah. engineers came out of cornell like just because he went to cornell it's that uh the total trust in these long-term institutions like here you know what 80 years ago somebody that went to cornell i sure as hell would trust a lot more you know because it's been a degrading of the system over time again intentional type of thing you know, I, honestly, though, yeah. I mean, I felt like this was coming, but I really, really thought that we had until um, I thought we were going to get it until 2024. I thought Trump was going to be able to extend it out enough and kind of play with the things enough and push it forward enough for us. And, you know, I mean, like I've said this to other people, you know, like I think Trump has some really good instincts, but he's a shitty leader and he makes a lot of shitty decisions. But. Because of his natural instincts, he's been able to do some things other haven't been, others haven't been. But, you know, like, there's all these wacky people that, well, I mean, look, let, let's back up a little bit. Because you and I haven't really gone into this too much, even on our personal conversations. But, you know, like, they completely stole this election this time around. Like, we know that there's been fraud in the past. But what they did in this election was just, it was ridiculous, man. Because you and I, I mean, you know numbers better than me, but I know numbers enough like with statistics and a lot of data that I've worked with and things like that. When, I mean, dude, that next day, it was just so obvious. And then especially when they showed the spikes and everything they did. And it's kind of funny because that was another thing they yeah. did where they used COVID as an excuse for them to just come in and kind of do whatever they want. You know, like all, all the fucking, you know, like we're no longer a, a nation of rules. And that election really, really demonstrated it. Like, all the things that happened before, like Hillary and a lot of these people, Comey, all these people that were in there, it all kind of proved that, you know, we're not really that much a country of rules. But this shit right here, and the way everybody's kind of tap-danced around it, been like, yeah, no, there's, there, there's not widespread fraud. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's obvious, too, especially when you have, you know, millions upon millions of data points, which are the votes, the the anomalies in data become um, less, right? If you only had like ten data points, and you could say, okay, this this thing jumped. That's statistically impo improbable, but it's it it can make sense because we have these few data points. We have fucking hundreds of millions of data points, and the the how how the, how that data just looked just from a numerical straight data perspective you could look at that that could be anything that could be like fucking cheeseburgers getting sent to mcdonald's yeah. and you'd look at your inventory tracking and you'd be like ah some shit's fucked up here like yeah. we didn't just get an extra like twenty thousand cheeseburgers off of our fucking what we're expecting go to like ohio instead of la you know we we know where this shit goes like th this stuff is not like new talking about science like 
this is not new fucking science, statistical analysis and just, you know, how econ- how numbers work at economy of scale. It's, none of this shit is fucking news to anybody other than the people who aren't educated on the matter. And it's like, you know, when you get into manipulation of people, it's hard to manipulate someone who knows what the fuck is going on, right? Like if, if, uh, we're going in a gas station buying some Twinkies and someone sells you fucking a piece of shit, you know, that the <laughs> piece of shit is not Twinkie. But at least but it was if, cream if, filled. If, yeah, but at least it's cream filled. But if we're talking about fucking rocket science or some shit, I'm, I'm not a rocket engineer, you know, so someone could bullshit me about rocket engineering to a certain degree, right? I mean, I, uh, because I don't know what the fuck they're going to be talking about for the most part. I could understand some level of it, but not the depths of it or like nuclear engineering or some shit. So what we have is like a populace that doesn't really understand really basic math, at, which is sad because how many people out there would just be like, yeah, I suck at math and that's just the way it is because they were fucking – allowed to uh be basically sheepish in school and it's um, too hard it's too hard don't make me study and then you don't understand the universe if you don't understand math because here here, here's a perfect example i got to your cheeseburger i've got a restaurant i've got five hundred and seventy thousand burgers but i only got 3200 pieces of cheese how did that happen because that's one yeah. of the drops that they had. I think it was in Michigan. 570000 for Biden and 3200 for for Trump. Like, they weren't even trying. But, you know, here's the thing. And the reason why they weren't trying is because Trump did a lot better than they expected. Trump went way beyond what they expected. They listened to their stupid pollsters, and they thought it was going to be within a certain realm. So they thought that they had enough mail-in ballots filled out and all those things like that, all those little gimmicky things like that. They had enough They had enough people from the graveyards. They had enough illegal aliens. They had taken enough maiden names from women. You know, all these different things that they do to cheat and steal elections, they thought they had enough of it. And when that shit came in, when Ohio was called, when Florida was called, when Texas was called, and then it was like, Oh, shit. You know, like, okay, we better stop everything. And they stop it in five states. It wasn't like just one, two. No, they stopped it in five states. And this is what happened on a smaller scale in 1960 in Illinois. This happened with uh, JFK versus Nixon. And Nixon even knew. He said they got stolen from me. Because what happened was um, Southern Illinois was Republican. Northern Illinois was daily it was Democrat controlled. So what they did, because I mean, if you guys don't know this, Kennedy's father made his money. He was he was Irish mafia. Like they they this is this should be known, but it's obviously not taught. But they legitimized the family. So anyway, connections, family, daily Chicago mob type stuff. They stopped counting votes in Northern Illinois. And so once they finished counting all the votes and they knew what Nixon's lead was, then they cooked up enough votes. And then guess what? Kennedy won. Then the CIA killed him later, of course. But, hey, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. They, 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 they tried it out. But, you know, he, he just didn't do everything they needed him to do. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's funny how people don't really understand like the function of the agency or what they really do. Like they're not they they topple fucking governments and they fucking destabilize nations to include this one. Like they 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 are not like these fucking uber patriots. I mean, there are there are people like that because it's so compartmentalized in certain areas of it. But the overall objective is to go in and disrupt. Mm-hmm. into and they're fucking good at it like they're not it's not their first fucking rodeo they've been doing this shit all over the world for quite a long time um since their inception i mean even their inception they were fucking with the u.s that's when they were fucking with the old uh uh psychedelics in their early days oh dude you know coming from uh the oss you know you know what's a really good movie uh too and i don't know if i ever shared this with you it's called the minds of men it's about three hours and 45 minutes it's Truth Three Media. It's this couple out of uh, Austin, Texas, but they legitimately got a hold of all the documents of everything that they could prove that the CIA had done. So MK Ultra stuff, dude. Like they, the CIA tried to destroy what they did with the MK Ultra stuff, but somebody forgot and didn't destroy all these boxes. So there were like three boxes that somebody was able to do a FOIA on, and that way they could piece together. But that was. People who were involved with it so that, oh, that's just a little bit of what they did. So they're dosing people that don't even know what's going on. And like I was talking about, too, you know, there were people in OSS who started up the major TV networks. So just, you know, when they were radio and then TV, they started this to create propaganda for America. This wasn't to inform people. And people have operated under the idea for a long time, like, oh, it's Walter Cronkite. I can turn him on the TV and he's going to tell me how it is. Yeah. It's fucking conformity, man. Conformity to these, to the system. And, and I understand, like, it's, it's easy to understand why people think this, this shit's like conspiracy theory as opposed to just actual fucking conspiracy because they're looking at it from the point of view of their life. You know, they were born within this system that's been going on for generations and they see their slice of that pie but you don't realize like when you plan something if you're planning a strategy if you're if you want to control then you know like you know how humans function like we've known how how the how consciousness um can be manipulated and to a certain extent for thousands of fucking years you know and like in the modern era like we have really advanced studies when you get into like marketing and psychology and economics and all these things they know how to push people's attention in such a way that they achieve the desired result with enough of the population to where they get what they want out of it. And, you know, controlling the flow of information, controlling the source of education, like from the time you're fucking in first grade all the way through the four year degree, whatever doctorate, whatever that's controlled fucking informational format. And even how, even how they do it, right? Like most tests that we've taken, most tests that I've taken for sure have been multiple choice, right? So when you really break that down, it's like, okay, then there's an authority figure from the time you're a little child giving you a piece of paper, testing your skills. You either get shit wrong or right. They're the arbiter of truth, and they give you the fucking answers. You have one through four answers. Sometimes it's only true or false, and that's it. So people are trained and indoctrinated in a way that like the answers are always right in front of you. They're never somewhere else. You don't have to think. You don't have to use critical thinking. 
you just look at what's in front of you and the answer is there. And that's not how the real world is, but it's quite convenient for people who are fucking people over and manipulating populations yeah. because most people aren't even looking for you. They're just yeah. looking for the answer right in front of them. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that really creates that, that dichotomy. You'll see a lot of times when people are talking, you know, it's either this or that, like that's the only two choices. You're either a Democrat or you're a Republican, right? Those are your only choices. Yeah. And then you end up with some shady motherfuckers that are the uh, that come in somewhere in the middle there and try to portray themselves as some other party. Sometimes I, I, I really wonder sometimes how many of those people have been run by some kind of a government agency too. you know, some of the subversive games that have gone on with those people. Yeah, it's like test marketing, like, hey, like people, you know, you, you can see like the tensions are up. People are kind of tired of this two party system. So let's test like what it's kind of sticky with the consciousness and most of the time it's not enough because people are are bought and fucking hooked on whatever party for the most part that they're that they're that they're with or they go independent or unaffiliated which is really what all should be because then you'd have to actually judge the represent the people who are uh vying for, to be representatives of the public you'd have to actually listen to the, what the fuck they're saying all of their stuff because they can't just say oh i'm I'm a left or I'm a right. I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. You got to speak from what fucking content is in your character. Right. So it's easy to hide. It's easy for like wolves to hide in there or to see, like, you know, the rules of the game. If I want to be, I want to come out as a Republic Republican and start, I just say those talking points. If I want to come out as a leftist, I say those talking points and I stick to that fucking narrative and you gain the support of the majority and then it's like these little games to to kind of a uh, sleight of hand to win over the centrists and then unaffiliated and that's the game that they play so the system is designed this two-party system is designed to keep people conquered through the division like you have the simplest division two fucking people two parties that's all you got to focus on and you got to if you control both of them you're fucking golden and they do they control both the right and the left and, you know, luckily, fortunately, more people are waking up to it. Um, but it's kind of like, fuck, man, I wish people would have woke up like 20 years ago. I remember like I was uh, none of this shit is a surprise to me because I've been waiting for this shit since like 2000. Not not eagerly either. Just like I'm like, man, hopefully shit changes and like people figure this shit out because this is going to suck when all the all the uh, chickens come home to roost, essentially. Right. When all the all the banking schemes that have been perpetrated on the public and you've got fucking you know i'm fuck you could just go down rabbit holes in this but like the price of goods like people everyone knows that the dollar right could buy you a lot more shit like a hundred years ago significantly more like if you had a thousand dollars you're pretty fucking well off you're right that, that's like a significant amount of money now a thousand bucks is like jack shit and it's not because uh like they like people to believe that shit is becoming more valuable you know like a fucking cup of coffee is still a cup of coffee right but it takes more currency to buy it because they've created so much of it through this fractional reserve process and lately like in the past fucking since 2008 just printing off trillions of dollars <laughs> and yeah. people don't um understand how that is literal fucking theft oh yeah dude and, and the thing is too it's a theft from those with the least amount too in this country, you know, because every time they do that, the way that they're doing those wealth transfers, I mean, fuck, you know, you know what an easy way to understand it right now too. look how much the billionaires are worth now. Look how much they've gained in value at this time. 
And that's all because they're just a protected class while we're worth less and less. Now, you know, like that was the thing that was interesting. You know, I've seen people complaining like, I didn't get my 2000 I'm only getting 600 or whatever, you know. And I think for me, when I looked at that, I was like, well, you know, I, I, I'm more bothered by the fact of our 10 million going to gender studies in Pakistan, you know, or however millions going to integrate women into the Afghani army. What? Do, 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 does some dipshit in D.C. really think that's possible? Probably. It's probably some Yale graduate, you know, that that's like, oh, we're going to do gender studies over here now. I mean, seriously, that's going to get some motherfuckers killed. <laughs> you know, like it's all social experiments. But, you know, like even even beyond this money, it's funny because people look at people's relationship with numbers is in value and price is so just fucked up, basically, that you'll look at, you know, whatever, a couple, some billions of dollars going to Iran, which, yeah, that's fucked up. But, you know, it's even more fucked up, especially getting to this. Oh, the government's giving you two thousand dollars or six hundred. What the fuck ever they could give you fucking $20,000 and it's not going to make a dent in the value that they extracted out of the economy. Because if you look at the actual debt, the actual debt of this nation, and you break that down, you just divide it by 330 million fucking people, whatever, round it up if you want to 400 million, doesn't fucking matter. Every single human, every single citizen of this corporation called America owes a debt. Because we're, we 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 own these dollars, right? These dollars are debt instruments. The debt of the nation divided by its people, all its productivity, is what everybody either is worth or owes. And everyone's, you know, unless I think it's around like a hundred thousand dollars or some shit. You can go on the U.S. debt clock with tracks all of this shit and see like per citizen <laughs> like how much debt there is. Yeah, and guys. Uh, d- if you're below that line, you're fucking underwater. Yeah, dude, that's a, you know, here's something, shifting gears a little bit. We've talked about this. What are your thoughts? You talked about like the central current digital currencies, but what do you think about the other uh, cryptocurrencies and other digital currencies? I think, I think that is, I mean, there's a lot of digital currencies. There's like you know, thousands, and most of them are shit, but there's yeah. like a core group of them that are actually like technology solving some kind of problem, especially for this fourth industrial revolution. And the key, the key for people to pay attention to is decentralization, like literally no centralized authority that can manipulate the currency because that is where the problems all come in, come in with. And so the central bank digital currency is the same shit we have right now, but with a different, with a digital thing that they can track even more. Yeah. And there's a reason they're not just using some of these digital currencies that are decentralized out there because they won't have, they can't, they're just basically would be jumping into that pool of money, not having the control. So they need to create their own pool of digital currency and say like, Oh, it's just like all the rest, but we, it's better because the U S government controls it or Russian (laughs) government or whatever. Every nation, every nation is going to have their own one. Right. China really kicked this off with um, aggressively cr- go, moving to create it. And I call it like the new space race, like, you know, because that was uh, a, a, essentially a fucking Cold War. Whoever wins the space race kind of wins that psyop. Right. And th- this is a, a similar one, because whoever has this dominant digital currency or at least has one in their nation can really fucking throttle their population. So 
I think the way forward eventually, I don't know how it's going to shake out, but eventually, you know, like our country was founded on one of the main thing was separation of church and state because the kings and queens were using that shit to throttle their populations. Like they like, oh, we're the ones who communicate with God. We take whatever religion we can sway our population with the most. And that the founders like, fuck this shit. We want freedom of religion to break free of that tyranny. Now we have the, the that that same uh, energy came and took the currency, the lifeblood of the economy. And the only really way to break free of that is a separation of money and state. And what can do that? Gold could do that. Like there's physical things that could do it or certain types of bartering systems. You could invent all kinds of shit, but gold has worked for a long time, but they know the game and they know they don't control that. Um, so if we're, if we're going to continue to be a technologically uh, based or a society that uses technology and we advance technology in the ways that are good, um, then yeah, digital currency makes a lot of fucking sense, but it's got to be decentralized and it has to be um, not able to be manipulated. And at, at Everything can be manipulated to a degree, right? If you control um, all of the wheat fields, you can control the price of wheat. Or if you control all the wheat on the commodities markets or enough of it, you can move the price of wheat. So those kind of games can still be played. But a huge reason why people can fuck with those games is because we have this fiat system and we can take leverage out from a bank to these loans. And then we get into like derivatives markets, which are in the fucking quadrillions. So we have people. We have institutions that have leverage of quadrillions of dollars of, of power, of value, and they're throwing that weight around in these markets. And that's why, you know, I always, I always joke with people who think they're like making it big in the stock market. I'm like, bro, you're on a ticking fucking time bomb because the entire market is overvalued and has been for many decades. So it's not like it, it, you can look at something as simple as like the Buffett indicator, right? And, and that shit's way out of whack. And the only other time it's been so out of whack, it's actually the most out of whack it's been since the Great Depression, which is like whatever the fucking numbers are. I don't follow it much, but I, I know it. And um, it was like 150 is the number. Now we're up at 170 and whatever. The point is that the last time it was at 150, you had the Great Depression. And all it is is a, is a measuring stick, right? It's just showing you the perceived value to real value and the perceived value is out of whack uh, from the real value, you know, and, and this is how they steal shit because what's fucked up is there is real value that exists, but we measure that shit in dollars, which is a, uh, a measuring step that can be expanded and contracted at the will of the central banks. And because of that, all the, all, all price in, in dollars is skewed. It's skewed up. Right. Um, but if you if you take like the price of gold, like I think it's about an ounce of gold has historically always been able to buy a fine men's suit. So right now, what's gold at like nineteen hundred bucks, eighteen something, whatever. You get a pretty nice fucking suit for eighteen hundred bucks. Right. You could call that a fine men's suit. And back in the day, it would take you an ounce of gold. Right now, it's an ounce of gold. But that ounce of gold is worth instead of like thirty dollars since before they uh, started doing their deep, deep unpegged us from gold. It was like pegged at thirty, thirty five bucks somewhere in there. Now it's at eighteen hundred bucks. It's not because gold got more valuable. It's because the dollar is fucking shit. Cash is trash, and that's why they're going to use this fact of reality and reset the currency system 
Like I guarantee you that's going to happen in the next, in the next term, or it's going to be like really um, heavily talked about on news. And they're going to tell you all the reasons why we need to go to these central bank digital currencies because coronavirus is, is can travel on money and we need to just <laughs> use this digital thing and blah, blah, blah. And your, and your fucking vax record can be attached to your banking system. So you get rid of all the uh, people who don't want to do it. So yeah, it's going to get fucking interesting for sure. Well, you know, and, and I, I wonder too, what's going to happen with ammo. You know what I mean? Like, cause you've got, uh, you know, LBF posted something earlier too, where they're, you know, you see more and more of these places adding taxes on it, but it's, they're trying to push it. So ammo is less available to us. Why is that? Because we're less of a threat when we can't get ammo, you know, I mean, that's, that's a known type thing. Dude, look what they did. Look what they did to the, to the native Americans, right? That's, I mean, people don't, the, the, the amount of um, knowledge that people don't look at and reflect upon and see like what they did to the natives is the same fucking thing they're doing to the dominant culture, right? The, yeah. the white Christian yeah. male, the people, but people are, people, people are so attached to this notion that everyone is a patriot, just like they are. Everyone has the same, values but what they don't realize is these elitist people have their own culture and oh, they yeah. have they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck who is the dominant culture they just give a fuck that the dominant culture can be controlled so yeah. when you look at what they're doing with uh like moving refugees all over the west all over the west these uh males and of, <laughs> of good fighting age yeah it's like it's like all, all 90 percent plus west. are males of fighting age yeah. So, so what is that? You breed out, you breed down the population, right? And it's the same thing they did with the natives too. They, they come and breed out their culture. So like, Hey, you motherfuckers can't practice, you know, your ceremonies or cultures. You got to take this dominant religion, boom, whatever. People can say whatever they want, but that's what they did. Right. And they, t- they took their culture away and then they bred, they tried, they're still, tr- still trying, still working on breeding out their, their spirit. Essentially that was, fucking connected to this land so they're doing the same exact shit to the new dominant culture right because natives were the ones who were here and now it's the dominant culture of america is white christian male so they're going to wipe it out or that's what their plan is so i always say you know no matter what anyone's belief is you got to be um have integrity you know if, if even if there's something that gives you an advantage you know, your, your culture or your, like something that you like, it gives, it gives an advantage. If it's fucked up, it's fucked up and you shouldn't take it because it will be weaponized against you. It is just fucked up to do, but it will also be weaponized against you later on. And that's really what's going on here. People thought like, Hey, we're all on the same team. We're all on the same side. And slowly over time, generations, you see where this shit leads. And it's the same old fucking story that's happened forever the well for all of the recorded history that they have that has been allowed to survive because it didn't get fucking burned or smashed you know all the fucking destruction of arts and literature and um cultures and wiped out entire fucking civilizations and shit and all that knowledge that was there is fucking gone right so we get we get the side of history that that remains and people like to think that they're on the side of the victor but <laughs> dude if you're not in the fucking inbred club you ain't on the team, man. They're just using you 
for as long as they need. And then they throw you the fuck out like garbage. Like you look at, look at what they did to, uh, veterans, man. Like uh, we went and fought fucking wars still do. And then when you come back, like, Oh, veterans are kind of dangerous. They get this PTS shit. They got these things and they, they shouldn't really be allowed to own guns. You got to watch out for those vets. They're kind of weird. You're like, fuck you. Right. Well, but you see what they did. Like, where's, where's the thing from the, from the actual fucking government itself, from the actual people who are, are, are making these policies and doing these things and sending fucking our sons, right. Our fucking sons and daughters and fucking brothers and sisters to fight these proxy wars which has been the late the latest one i mean that's what that's what i fought in fucking iraq as a proxy war meanwhile back at home they're re-educating subverting the populace weaking it watering it down you send all the fight the fighting motherfuckers overseas to fight these wars while you fucking corrupt the shit from within it's like the ultimate trojan horse fucking chess move that was played and people are talking about all this 4d fucking chess shit with trump it's like wake the fuck up man (laughs) there's some like heavier games that have been played since before Trump was even on the fucking map. I think what's interesting too, man, is, um, you know, it's something that you see quite often as well. You'll see these, uh, well, there's the fake hate crime stuff, which reinforces the idea of the danger of the white man. But then you'll see the, you know, all of a sudden FBI will be like, yeah, the biggest threat to this country is the white man. And then if you look at the data, and you'll see, well, if that's the case, wouldn't they be committing more crimes? Wouldn't we be seeing more of this white terrorism, this white Christian terrorism, which we're not seeing, right? Like, it just doesn't exist. But they create the idea that it is. Why? So that they can further take the white man off the table so that he is not a threat, especially because, I mean, it's, it's known, especially in, like, the, the fighting arms, in the military it's mostly made up of like southern and midwestern white kids and they're the ones who are going to be able to come back and fight if the shit hits the fan and so you got to marginalize them beforehand so hopefully they'll kill themselves if we're lucky enough you know we got enough ptsd we got enough fucking whatever we fed them from the va that's gonna fix them <laughs> with these experimental sure. medications and everything like that, you just weaken them more and more and more, and you attack them. You attack them, you weaken them, you attack them from the institutions, marginalize them. Yeah, or or you uh, just keep the wars fucking going on with no end because, uh, you know, you don't let them get one, so you all you know where your fighting males, where your most – where your fighting males are always going to go like, hey, there's a fight to be done. I'm going to go fucking protect my community. I'm going to protect my family. I'm going to protect my country. I'm going to go fight this fucking war. Even if even if um, you don't even uh, necessarily agree with it. It's like, hey, there's a war to be fought. Like, I'm going to go fucking do it. Not really realizing what's fucking really going on. Um, because realistically, fucking Iraq and Afghanistan, we could have absolutely demolished you, you do what war is meant to do and you fucking crush your enemy right until they submit truly and then okay then we can rebuild shit but they've been they've been playing these games of yeah we we do the hearts and minds and we kind of go to <laughs> war but we also kind of rebuild so what does that do it sucks endless fucking money into this war effort that is never going to end you're taking care of uh the fighting male the aggressive male kind of population to some degree because you're sending them over and some of them don't come back and some of us 
you know, do. And then some of us go out by our own hand and whatever. There's some of us just become so institutionalized in that military way of life that integrating into civilian life becomes more difficult and that leads to all kinds of issues. So, and because those identities are so like really instilled in people, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, to handle that shit for a lot of people. Like the entire identity, like for me, it was the same way. I was a fucking seal. And the, you know, I, that was my, like I identified with, Hey man, I was, I'm a fucking seal and I still do. I still have honor for that. But, um, it, it's, it's not the same way of like, that's my only thing. Like, that's who I am. That's a part of who I am, a part of who I, who I was, what I did, but it's not all of who I am. And I'm my own fucking person with or without that. I'm still fucking me. And I'm still sharp. I can see, I don't, I don't need, um, other motherfuckers to tell me what to think because I pay attention. Right. So, but, but it was, there was still like a, a point in time, like coming out of that where it's like, fuck man, that's all I ever wanted to do was be a seal and fucking do that work. I don't want to go and do office shit or any of that stuff. Like, like this normal fucking modern way of life of cubicles and financial shit and playing these fucking games. Like I want to hunt and fish or fucking be in the woods and be a human being. Right. And it's harder to be a human being in this modern world because they got us all fucking hooked on the, on the debt slave train. Right. Even if, even if you're not in debt, you still have taxes, you still have property taxes, you still have some shit that forces you to, to produce right for the system itself. And, and, you know, people have uh, people can live comfortable lives within this system for sure, but it's always temporary and it's generationally temporary too. So, if your family, like these inbred fucks, hold on to that that mechanism of acquiring wealth or manipulating wealth, they're good. Or if someone happens to have, you know, a family business that's been around for 20 years or someone starts one and it lasts for 20 years or 100 years or whatever, that's fine. But as we can see, like really obviously right now, (laughs) what they do with these wealth transfers, it doesn't fucking matter. If you're if you're a fucking I don't care if you're a fucking billionaire, if you're a billionaire and all your assets are paper backed, you're kind of fucked. Right. Unless you have the right paper that's going to that's going to switch but as you go down that line to like whatever multimillionaires millionaires and and lower like if all of your wealth is stored your energy that you worked for and created is stored in paper dollars you're kind of fucked or or even assets that are that have been inflated with the value of paper dollars like real estate in california like that shit is only able to hold prices because the banking system allows people to access loans to push the prices up, right? So these these mechanisms, when they're understood, like you can see it, but if you don't, it's like, oh, just the way it is. People go to the bank, they get a loan. Well, sure, but the bank never had the fucking money they gave you, but they control your property with a title, right? You don't pay your taxes. Your, 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 fucking, your business has now been fucking eradicated by this corona pandemic, and now you can't pay your fucking mortgage of the house you thought you owned Guess who really fucking owns it? The bank. And guess who really fucking owns that? Uh, we just did all during all this uh, printing of money. We did all this fucking debt ownership. And the U.S. government is now like the the fucking number one holder of, of mortgages in America. That's called fucking socialism, folks. Like that's that's it's already 
here. You know, it's already it's already been done. It's uh, we have basically socialism for these giant corporations who get fucking bailout money when they get in trouble. Or, oh, they're too big to fail. We're going to print off a bunch of fucking money, steal it from all you people, shove it into their pockets so they don't fail. Meanwhile, fuck you. You guys can uh, go stand in the bread lines and. Uh, that whole game. And that's where it all comes from. That's where it all comes from, is the system Wait, that you, is erected up to you cut enslave out, the majority of the population. You cut out for one second there. You said you can all go to the breadline, and then it cut out for a bit. Would you repeat after breadline what you were saying? Oh, I don't even remember. I was just saying about uh, I was flowing. So well, because you were just talking about just, how um, the money can all go to them. You guys can go to the breadline, and then it cut out. Anyway. All yeah, right. I mean, basically what I was what I was getting at was, yeah, the, like the, the people are always going to get fucked by that creation of money, that counterfeiting of currency, right? The this the the by printing money, it's counterfeit, no matter who the fuck does it, because there's no value attached to that currency. But they have people duped, like, oh, if someone's if Johnny's in his basement printing off dollar bills, that's <laughs> somehow like the worst thing ever. He's going to throw him in jail for life. But when central fucking bankers do it, when politicians, um, talk about printing this money and and support it like that's fucking crime but and dude, that's accomplice to but, crime but you know what crime. dude but but you know what i mean if anything i've learned you know over the past decade more and more is basically our entire government is made up of criminals i mean look dude let's take a few examples look at james comey james comey went to work for hsbc bank he sat on the board of hsbc bank while on the board of HSBC Bank, they were laundering money for Mexican drug cartels. Following that, he's able to become the head of the FBI. Let's look at the Clinton Foundation and everything associated with that and everything that she did as Secretary of State with the illegal servers. And then basically, you had other countries that were giving the Clinton Foundation money in the expectation that she was going to be president. I wonder how many people, you know what I really do wonder, dude, because you know they have their communications. Like, how many of those countries were like, you owe us, you know, like, you really owe us. And I'm wondering how that's being paid. You know, that's what I wonder, too. Was that part of the election type? Because there's a whole criminal organization doing these things. But then you look at everybody in Congress, you look at these senators, you look at these people, they become multi, multi millionaires as they're sitting in there. And it's all because it's part of a scam. You know, we're, we're told that these people yeah. are up there representing us and fighting for the American man. We're up here fighting for you guys. I mean, look how quickly your boy Crenshaw sold out. Dude, he wasn't even in there two years oh, yeah. and he sold out yeah. completely. Yeah. It's sad, man. It's sad because I. Yeah, he, he's he's good with his um with a lot of the stuff he does, but he's got those little yeah, some major things that he does that's fucked up. Um, yeah, it's sad, sad to see, sad to see. But I always say like, I don't even have to say it. it. Just it's very an honest person, an honest man in politics. Good fucking luck. The system's corrupt. So my point is that politics is not the the place where you actually change it because it's already a corrupt system. It's like going in to make a meal for your family and you know, everything's poison. You're going to kill your fucking family. Like it, it's not going to work out. You got to be creative and use some of this human fucking ingenuity we have and work 
within the system in different areas. So private sector, although they're fucking hammering it out. Um, but still, it's the private side. And so one of the things that I started up because when I saw what was going on, I'm like, fuck, man, I've had the, I've had these visions of starting something um, around agriculture for a while because I know how fucked the food system is and like this war on meat and all this shit. And my my plan, my strategy is to like get as much land producing food in a regenerative way, in a way that you don't need these inputs to be flown and trucked in. You don't need fertilizers. You don't need pesticides. You don't need all this shit to work in the natural balance of nature to produce food, which is one of the fundamental lifelines in any society. Like if you go to war, right. With a, with someone else and you cut off their access to food, you can starve them out. Right. So the fact that we don't have good food security is a huge, massive national security and community security, um, risk because some areas will be more well-fed than others, but you look at uh, like the cities, the cities are all fucked. Um, and you look at just who owns the agriculture. It's uh, it's these massive, the same motherfuckers, the same motherfuckers who own, who are, who are playing the, all of the land. So my thing is like, okay, how can I work within this system where I know like as a farmer, you're going to be fucking attacked nonstop. Cause that's what they do. And the financial system is fucking rigged. So I'm like, all right, I got to start a nonprofit and do it that way. Because at least then I have some protection because my, my incentive is not profit, obviously. And I can now open certain doors that, um, you know, with education institutions, I can, I can be a lot more uh, friendly with people. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. That's my, that's my little thing thing that i'm gonna try to do to fix what i see fucked up and uh we'll see how it goes but it's kind of one of those things like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago the next best time is today and maybe it's too late who knows i don't think i don't think anything's really too late it's just um too late in the sense of saving what once was this vision this concept of america that used to be that is no longer because it's corrupted but we're smart motherfuckers are created. The founders did it to create something new, to build something new within that can support life, can support happy, healthy communities, families, strong units of like just good motherfuckers who exist all over America. Like the spirit of America is fucking alive and well. It's just like this system that was erected that people call America is no longer what it once was, but the American spirit's still fucking there. And that's, so that's, my goal is to kind of like bring motherfuckers together outside of all this political bullshit to like, Hey, let's do some good work and make some fucking food. And then maybe provide some healing for veterans in the process where it's like, Hey, you want to get your hands dirty, you know, in, in nature, like growing things or fixing things or healing or helping out, like start reinstilling purpose and passion and drive in people's lives. Cause that's what, that's what's really been sucked out of our fucking souls is most people's jobs. They don't really like, they do it to pay fucking rent. Like we're working just to, just to pay the bills really. But not a lot of people are doing what they're fucking passionate about. And that is, or, or even something that, that has a purpose. Like, fuck, if you build a table, that's fucking cool. You built some shit or you build a house or you are a plumber. And that's why the trades have a lot higher satisfaction because 
you're actually creating things. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, absolutely. So that's, where, you know, that's where I'm kind of. One summer when I was in high school, dude, I built um, stone walls, you know, and I tell you what, bro, that was the hardest work I ever did. But, man, I always look back and I was like, that was great. You know, I'd get up early in the morning and this was hot ass Missouri, you know, in the middle of summertime be doing this. Like we'd start at like six o'clock in the morning and we would drink like a whole 10 gallon thing of water between six and noon because it was so damn hot you know out there because we're hand mixing the concrete and everything like that but dude like you're saying there was just all that satisfaction and and tell you what i was probably in some of the best shape i was ever in in my life just because that's all i did and i made good money but i was too tired to do anything you know like but it was good you know what i mean like i slept good i was in shape you know dude and that that satisfaction of a job that's like that's something I made that with my hands because all those things like that, just being creative. And I think that that's kind of, I don't think Lucky's going to join us, man. Um, but I think that there, that's some important things. I think the thing that's important is you got to, you know, people, a lot of things too are like, well, uh, you know, what should we do? What, what's, what's the plan or whatever. And it's like, um, you know, you got to get your tribe going. You got to get with your tribe. Yeah. With people you trust, build that tribe, try to find your way. And I mean, I can't even say it like, cause some of the stuff to navigate through the system, you just got to have a gut for it. And maybe you can develop it if you don't already, but you can't trust a lot of what is coming at you and what they're trying to do. You can't trust it at all, but you got to try to develop that instinct. And if you, if you can now, I mean, learn skills to make yourself independent and get away from cities. The set, the, the cities are just, it's a mind control shithole that's only going to get worse. Because like you're saying, you're driving through L.A. How many of those people there, when the shit really hits the fan, how many of those people are going to be able to take care of themselves? Nah, man, it, that, that's going to be like in all the zombie movies. That's what the zombies are. It's a bunch of mindless people, a bunch of NPCs running around these cities that don't know how to take care of themselves that are going to be looking to eat something yeah. and they're going to start eating each other or something to find a way through it. Yeah, no, they, they already actually, they already know that shit. So my buddy, I forget the, the specific numbers off the top of my head, but he works for an agency who basically um, ran the economics on that. Like how, how soon after, basically a grid shutdown um a per, what percentage of life would be lost and it was quick it's like within the first week it's a signet without like for, without running water or um it's very it's very fast very fast in a city like a significant amount of the population is gone and then you know you can just the numbers really don't matter it, it's an obvious thing when you cut off access to running water or even the grid and you can't uh keep your groceries refrigerated or their grocery stores aren't 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 um up and running it's most people aren't going to live and then people get desperate and then you have homicide, suicide, all kinds of other things that spin up because of that. And, you know, you start talking about this stuff and definitely a couple of years ago, people be like, Oh man, that's crazy talk. There's no way that could ever happen. We're fucking so strong. <laughs> they don't understand how fragile the fucking system is. And right now motherfuckers are seeing and feeling how fragile the system is. And it's still like, we're still doing pretty well. Like it's still, going fairly strong but there's been like some deep damage done to um 
food supply chains, like a lot of supply chains, but for sure it's food. Like, I don't know if people remember, but early on in COVID, certain farmers were like dumping a bunch of crops because since the restaurants weren't consuming the product, they had nowhere to go. There's yeah. no storage to keep a lot of these products and they had to just waste. It's not waste. They just had to get rid of it. They couldn't keep it anywhere. What do you need to keep it in a warehouse and get fucking mold and get all kinds of disease going? You got to like dump the shit on the land and kind of let it, let it spoil. And that's, and this is the problem with all centralized things. This is what Nassim was talking about. Anti-fragile is any centralized organism or society or whatever. It's an organism that grows large at a certain point, it, it, it grows too large for itself and it collapses under its own pressure. And that's what is happening. So one of my visions that I talk about sometimes, I haven't talked about a lot, but is this like decentralized mesh network of strong communities, right? Kind of like how the founders really set up the United States. Like we have these independent states that have this limited representative federal government and everything's groovy because the states the local levels are 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 allowed to do their own shit and even beneath the states like the communities should really run their own shit and that's really what we're talking about uh when i say like this decentralized mesh network of societies but if you have a community let's say if your foundation for society is a strong community that can produce its own food has good um relationship with each other Right. People are generally agreeable. We're not fucking like robbing and stealing and killing each other. And you have a hundred of those communities. That's a that's a fucking strong network, just like yep. um, how a tree grows or, or anything natural. Like it grows. And if something gets wounded, some community gets injured. The other communities surrounding it are the first line of defense that can come and provide support, provide food. They probably got surplus from their farms because every community is producing its own food at a surplus as opposed to these specific areas of the world that are producing a whole fuck ton of food and then shipping it all over the place. That's a fragile fucking system, right? But if you have like your neighbors have little gardens, everyone has little gardens, like, you know what I mean? If, if you have some land or some space, like everyone can grow some amount of food that should be like ingrained at the, at the, at the educational level at the foundational educational level of society of a strong society, a society that wants to be healthy. You know, kids grow up learning about gardening, learning about hunting, how to acquire food, how to fish, how to, how to build things, how to, you know, do basic engineering. Like everyone should have these kind of skills, these ability to create. And then on top of that, you have, a, you have your structure, you have a good solid foundation. There's resilience built in, there's anti-fragility built in. And then you have, you know, people can expand because just like we do now, right? But we're built on a fragile system. You'd have a anti-fragile system where people could explore their passions, their desires. They could do fucking art. You could do whatever theories you want to do, right? But you at least know that your survival needs are fucking met and you got a strong fucking tribe, a strong fucking community that can sustain life, right? And if, if everything like just kind of breaks down, you... you your community's got your fucking back and you guys can eat and you're not going to have to go and try to fucking whatever, rob and steal from someone else. But at the end of the day, that's some fucked up shit. And I, and I see that energy like coming up a lot and I get it where it's like, Hey man, if the system's fucked, I'm going to, I'm going to feed my family, my kids, I'm going to do what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, and sure. But guess what? Everyone's thinking that same way. And, and only- that shit leads to, 
a sh- it's, it leads to a shithole fucking existence. You know well, what I mean? It's well, not, it it's not lasts, any kind of. It's only. It's only going to last so long, too, because eventually warlords are going to pop up and, you know, things like that are going to occur, which are going to prevent that from, uh, for sure, for sure. you know, and, and I think one of the things, too, because but, but the people are going to have to deal with the, the shit that they do. You know what I mean? So let's say someone is just looking out for their family and they're just fucking mur- straight murdering motherfuckers. Right. In a survival situation, you still got to deal with that shit. And people can talk all the fucking game they want, but. I mean, I've been to combat and I'm I'm good with what I've done because I wasn't just fucking straight, just murdering random innocent people. But I wouldn't do that either. Like, I wouldn't just murder innocent fucking people. Yeah. And to hear like this talk, like it comes up. And again, I get it because there's all this tension and this pressure and people are going to these survivalist kind of roots. Like, all right, now I'm thinking about survival. Sure, because the fucking system was fragile because the system wasn't set up to sustain life in that way. And my whole thing is like, we can see this shit. We can recognize this shit. We can be honest with ourselves where shit's going and we can try to fucking fix it and we can work and we can do it. Cause we put a motherfucking human being on the moon. Right. Even though whatever, some people don't believe in that, I guess, but whatever, we did some amazing shit. We built fucking technology. We built telecommunications. We built skyscrapers in a relatively short amount of time. We can do some fucking amazing things as human beings, but we got to be coherent. You know, that's that's a united shit. Divided we fall, united we stand, blah, blah, blah. But um, it's true, right? It's if, if your organism is chaotic, if your human mind, even look at some of these people who have identity crises, their minds are so split that they can't barely even like take care of their own self. So when you have a society that's split, in fractured schizophrenic in, in so many ways, like how the fuck do you think it's going to survive and thrive? It's not, it can't well, got to set aside their bullshit and find like real good people, you know, and stick with, stick with the real good people and, and have integrity and fucking honesty to, to be a good fucking human being too. Like that should be a priority. You well, you know, know, when people are going to argue what good or bad, or whatever, you know what the fuck good is, right? You know what the fuck being a, a good human being, like helping out a neighbor, helping a fucking old lady carry some groceries, whatever, like being just fucking good. And that should be like, there's, there's like, uh, a strong man is also a good man, right? Cause there's a lot of fucking scumbags who are strong motherfuckers and they don't give up. They'll fucking just fucking run an old lady over. They don't give a shit. But part of being like a good fucking man, which masculinity has been so far under attack, is being fucking good. You know, like being a good father, being a good brother, just a good like person in the community that the kids would look up to and be like, hey, man, that, that dude's pretty cool. You know, and the family's like, yeah, he is pretty cool. That's that's a good motherfucker over there. Right. That's what that's what I really am would like to see and how I'm, I'm trying to push it in my own ways and. I see other people doing it too. And I, I know there's a lot of good motherfuckers out there, but it's, it's easy for the disenfranchised, um, basically warrior to be like, fuck man, shit's fuck. I'm going to wreck house and like burn it to the ground and rebuild or do whatever. Like that, that kind of mindset. And I'm just saying, take a step back and, and really look at what's going on and, and, uh, where things can go and shit's shit's fucked, but it's not, it's not lost, right? We just got to be creative. So well, one of the things I'm I think ranting impo- on it. 
One of the things I think is important on that too about the community, because I was talking to Andy from Half Face. You know Andy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a solid dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because uh, I was connecting him with someone else. And I think that's an important thing too is, you know, we're finding people, but if you know people who might be a good connection, working that angle too, because that's going to build your network ultimately. You know, man, because it's like, these are two good people I know. You better be joining those people together because that maintains the strength. Two people with solid character, you got to do stuff like that. You know, help build the network and make that, just make it mesh more because that's only helping you in the long run. Absolutely, dude. Dude, the strong, the stronger our fucking, the, our society is, like, in all the ways, like, the healthier, the health, the healthier we are, the better it is for everyone, you know? And that's, that's what I, like, when I'm talking to, uh, certain people who are in like um the society the parts of society where they don't really have to worry about money and they and they they don't really see things clearly i i try to instill in them that like hey man you can have all the fucking money in the world that you want but if your society is shit you you still live in a shithole right and i'm i'm trying to get this across to people with money to start like investing in a different way, like in a way that's, you can still like acquire capital and money and shit, but you want to invest. So the actual community is healthy and strong, like supporting, you know, small businesses or small movements that, that are real, that are like real motherfuckers doing work and to support that for the betterment of the community, which gives you a return in social capital, in just quality of life, you know, and it, so what if it benefits other people? Like that's fucking awesome, right? But there's this uh, there's this version of capitalism where people like are way out of balance, and the whole goal to becomes it's like again a survival thing, like accumulate as much shit as I can to just fucking sit on it essentially, and that is. It's fucking stupid at the end well, of the day. But because that's what, the, that's what the inbred people at the top are doing, you know? Of course. That's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. And it doesn't fucking work because if if your fucking neighbors can't eat, like, you live in a shitty neighborhood, man. It's yep. And I'm not saying, like, people got to just completely sacrifice themselves for the society and, like, give everything. And, like, no, you got to take care of your own shit and your family, too. But it's these things are nuanced, right? People like to get polarized around something and say like, Oh, I'm this way. I'm that way. It's like, no, man, you, 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 you gotta like take care of yourself and your family, but you know, we should be good neighbors too, man. Fuck. I mean, Mr. Rogers had some, he was on some good shit. <laughs> His fucking goofy ass sweater vest. <laughs> yeah. Well, right on, man. I think we kind of hit this and everything like that. Um, you know, it's, uh, Oh yeah. The new year is uh is upon us don't expect things to get better i guess is the thing and and work to make it better because it's not something that's just going to happen people aren't going to do it for you you've got to be a part of it you've got to make it happen hope doesn't work you got to do fucking work to work you got to be smart be crafty be creative use your fucking human brain right on well hey man uh, appreciate you uh calling in on your drive there and i hope you have a safe trip the rest of your way thank you thank you appreciate you bro right romeo up. i know you'll find your juliet brother <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought i had a few times i've uh 
you know, in my, my long history as a member of the Salvation Army, you know, I stumbled upon a few here and there, but just never as, oh, a, yeah. as a janitor tech as I was. It just, you know, some women just didn't, didn't find it quite so appealing. <laughs> All right. This yeah, is. Hard. There's a lot of Julia out there. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off. This is uh, PBF podcast number 90. This is Romeo One Oscar with Food Goon Actual. And we are actually out.